see everyone here in attendance. One thing we can gather together with brothers and sisters who love Jesus just as much as we do. A little cold out there this morning. My mom was at 19. Did you break the cold and here you are? If you have your Bibles, we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 2, a portion of the Christmas story again today. All the wonder of Bethlehem. Luke chapter 2, we're going to be picking up there at verse 8. Now, they were in the same country, shepherds, living out in the fields, keeping watch for the flock by night. Behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Now we're going to the latter part of the chapter, picking up just two verses, 51 and 52. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth. Uh, it was subject to them, but his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom stature, and in favor with God and man. Lord, we thank you for your word to us again today. For most of us, we've heard this many times. But, oh Lord, may this story never get old to us. The wonder of Bethlehem, how God, you orchestrated that beautiful story unfolding before mankind. Today we thank you that Jesus, you are more than just a child born there in Bethlehem, but went on to become our Savior when you willingly gave your life as a ransom for many. So today we worship you, the risen Lord, and soon becoming King. And I ask now the Holy Spirit would be here to minister to all of our hearts together. Help us, Lord, to just draw closer to you. If there's any that do not know Jesus or do not have that peace in their heart, oh, what a better time than at Christmas time to surrender their heart to you and allow you, Lord, to come into your fullness. So bless this congregation today as we look into your word another time. We do pray for those that are sick and afflicted. We heard this morning that John Cop is back in the hospital Praying, Lord, you would be ministering to him there. And also to his wife, Linda, as she also has physical needs. Other requests, Lord. You know those ones that lay on our heart. Friends and neighbors. Those that 
we witness to, praying, Lord, that uh, all people would come to the knowledge of Jesus. So guide us this day. Help us to center now our attention on you, on your word, that you would just minister to us. In Jesus' worthy name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. I think you would agree with me that Christmas is an awesome time of the year. A time of awe, a time of worship. And, you know, it's, it's just wonderful to go to the store this time of year and hear the carols. We were down at the mall, and my wife was going shopping, and I was enjoying shopping, sitting on a bench, waiting with her. And there in the center, you know, there's a huge area, and all of a sudden, hark the herald angels sing. You can't come out over the speakers. And I just sat there and worshiped. It was just beautiful. It was beautiful. But we know that our salvation is made possible by God coming down to this world and taking on human flesh as a babe there in a manger. Michelle just sang that beautiful song, and there's, there's a, it grabs my heart every time. But when I think that it says that Mary kissed Jesus, she kissed the face of God. Those are awesome words. The shepherds came quickly. You know the story. The angels, they saw out on the hillside, he came, and they saw the day there in the manger. The magi came sometime later and saw Jesus as a young child. But the baby was born, can we say, a cold winter night? Do we really know? If it was like this morning, yes, it was a cold winter night. There in Bethlehem of Judea. Never been to that town, city, I should say. It's a long old town. It was much more than those individuals could really grasp and understand as they looked upon that little baby. He was God. The sacred record in Scripture is clear as we read here in Luke chapter 2. And I think it's just the same. It's a marvel to us today as it was 2,000 some years ago. God the Father had set aside and approved that night when Jesus would be born. He directed his angels to come and share the word with the shepherds and then to sing the first Christmas song out there on the hillside. We read in Hebrews 1 verse 6, Let all the angels of God Worship him. That's the second person of the Trinity wearing plain swaddling clothes, claws that were wrapped around his little body, laying there in a bed of hay. Oh, the wonder, the wonder of it all. We can only approach this beautiful story of Christ's incarnation with awe. Two weeks ago, you may recall that I preached from Isaiah 9 at his name. Is called Wonderful. He is the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Called Emmanuel, meaning God with us. And so Jesus Christ, God was born here on this earth. He died, rose again, and back into heaven as the God-man. 
He became the object of the lasting wonder to all creation. His birth, so unique, no other birth came near to it. The Bible reveals his person, and yet there's so much more to know about God. We're told in 1 Timothy 3.16, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by angels, preached among the Gentiles, believed in the world, received up into glory. There's so much I would like to understand, and we won't until we get to heaven. We see him face to face. Think of Moses, as he was there in the wilderness and experienced God's presence, the backside of the desert. Saw this bush burning, and yet it wasn't consumed. And as he came closer, heard a voice cry out, Take off your shoes, you're at holy ground. God's presence was there. How is it possible that this one person could be so infinite, yet finite, mortal, yet immortal, omnipotent, and yet vulnerable all at the same time. It, it, it transcends all human thinking. We can't wrap our mind around it. We can't grasp how two wills and two natures could be in one person who is God in flesh. How can you explain that? And yet God declares that it's so. Christ, coming as a man, did not lose or cease to be God. He did not lose his position or his divine attributes. But in all of this, we know that he voluntarily set them aside to take on power humanity. He did this that we may know that he totally understands every one of us today and what we go through, what we face, and how much we need him. Amen? Amen? Amen. We do need him. Yes. Yet the humanity of Christ was not destroyed or consumed by his deity, his own human characteristic preserved. I can hardly wait to find meet Jesus for the first time. Luke tells us in verse 52, and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. What would it have been like to be raised in the same community as Jesus? Going to the temple, young fellows back there and sitting with Jesus before he got up to speak. Now, what that would have been like, but it would have been wonderful. No one in the human race possessed the qualities that Jesus did. He had a perfect union between himself and his father. Human spirit, soul, and body. The psalmist says, none of them can by any means redeem his brother nor give to God a ransom for him. Man's sin made it necessary for a holy God to come and become human in flesh and bear upon his body the penalty of sin and redeem us back to himself. 
That's why we have this mysterious miracle of the virgin birth. Taking on human flesh, being born of a woman, Jesus did not inherit a fallen, depraved, sinful, corrupt, and nature. Yes, he was born of the seed of God, not of Abraham. Theologian A.B. Bruce said it this way, and I think he said it so well. It is not defiled humanity, but the descent of God into humanity. It is not man taking God unto himself, but God taking on manhood. Jesus himself gave sufficient evidence of his origin and the miraculous birth. He said, I came from God. I came forth from God. I came forth from the Father. There in John 16, 27 and 28. And so as to his deity, he knew King David because he was his Lord. But he said, I was before David because I am. I am. Many times he claimed God was father, but nowhere do we see in Scripture he ever called Joseph his father. Two times that God the Father audibly declared from heaven, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Back in the first book of the Bible, the revelation of Christ began there in the garden of Eden. And now it finds its, its end coming together here in Jesus, being the ultimate revelation of God. He's more than a way maker, He's the way. He's, he's not merely a life giver. He is life. He's higher than a truth bearer. He is truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man come among the Father but by me. He came to reveal the Father, for he and the Father are inseparably one. John 10, verse 30, he says, I and my Father are one. He came revealing a new way of seeing God. The Old Testament revealed many attributes of God by using explainable names and titles. But the Father, however, was different from the way the patriarchs had presented him. He was greater than all the prophets that they could even imagine. He was more compassionate, more, more merciful, more loving than even David portrayed him in his songs there in the book of the Psalms. The Hebrew writer expressed it this way. He said, Jesus is the express image of his person. Sort of an idea of a, an engraving or an impression. For example, a coin or, or a seal. There is line after line for the features of the instrument that is making it. And so all we need to do is to see God is to look to Jesus. Jesus himself. In John 14, verse 9, Jesus said these words, He who has seen me has seen the Father. Rightfully so. Man has never been able to create a, a a picture or a visual image of God. Artists have attempted to, to paint the picture of Jesus at times, but it's always in the fashion of man. A 
And yes, sad to say, in some countries it's, it's demonic or it's after an animal, that type of thing. But among the reasons that God became man was to give a visual representation of himself. God wrote in 1 John 1 verse 3, that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you, you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And so every revelation that God has given is found in the Lord Jesus, both the visible and audible expression of God. John also wrote in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Greek word here is logos, which means that Jesus is communicating and expressing that of God. John 1.14, and the Word became flesh, while among us, and we beheld his glory, as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The invisible God, we've now seen, heard, known in the person of Jesus Christ. He was there with his disciples. They, they lived and walked with him for three years of his ministry. Yes, they heard him speak. They sat with him. They ate with him. They went fishing with him. When Jesus first came into this dark world as, as a flesh and blood person. The angels proclaimed his birth. But the worship by the, the heavenly host did not end there. It continued all through his, his ministry and is continuing yet today. I can hardly wait here once to we can join that heavenly choir and singing our praises to God. How many of you ever were part of a choir in the church or college? Put your hand up. Okay, a good number of you. One of the greatest experiences I had when I was in Bible college is when we went to the IHC convention in Dayton, Ohio. And there was schools from all over the place that brought the choirs there. And one night they had what they called the mass choir. I don't know how many hundred there were. But what an experience that was. Singing, praise the Lord. You almost felt like you were just going to go right home to heaven. It was glorious. But that's going to pale what it's going to be like when we get to heaven. That's going to be wonderful. We can sing in perfect praise for the very first time. And so we know the saints that have gone on before, the heavenly hosts, they're all giving praise to God, even right now. Worshiping Him and adoring Him. You know what, friends? Someday soon, Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. As we read there in Colossians 1.15, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. He's heir of all things. He's worthy to come back and take dominion. God the sovereign, God the Son the sovereign, ruling over his eternal kingdom and righteousness. There's times that I, I almost get sick of what I hear in the news or how the world is and yet I keep telling myself, oh yes but God is still sovereign. He's still on his throne. 
This world may be going downhill fast, but he still holds the reins. His plan and his purpose is unfolding. And so we trust him. The Hebrew writer says, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. Oh, friends, with, with great humility, let's lift our heart in praise and worship to him who is God, born in the flesh. It's Christmas, let's acknowledge again the greatest of wonders. The manger is shadowed by the cross. It's our salvation that was given to us, our blessing, our life, our hope. It's all possible through God alone. And Jesus Christ, who was born in Bethlehem. So someday soon we're going to join that heavenly host. People from all around the world are going to gather. All tribes, all nations. And to give praise to our heavenly. And we're going to do this all throughout eternity. Hallelujah! Praise his wonderful name. Would you stand together as the worship team comes?